Just holding a crystal in my hand can change the way I feel. They're powerful and beautiful, and I personally have this absolute fascination with them. Just walking into a crystal store can make me so happy. So what are crystals really for, and how do they affect our planetary ascension? That is what we are going to talk about today on this program. Welcome to the Collective Awakening, where we have cozy conversations with all kinds of light workers, way showers, and healers on a variety of hot ascension topics. I'm your host, Debbie Dubois, and I want to thank you for joining me to talk about everything from new relationships, twin flames, and sacred unions, to tarot and astrology, to Chinese medicine, and advancing healing modalities, and more. The Collective Awakening is brought to you by the RVF Radio Network and True Sacred Union's The Awakening Toolbox. Heed the call to conscious living with The Collective Awakening. Well, everybody, it's Debbie Dubois here again. Today's show is going to kick off an ongoing exploration that we're going to have with the crystal realm. My guest is Jules Ravenhawk Kincaid. She is a certified crystal Reiki practitioner and wisdom keeper with over 25 years experience in working with crystals and their unique and distinct characteristics. Julie has a great passion for caretaking and working with crystals. She also facilitates personal uh, personalized readings, classes, and workshops, as well as she creates personalized empowerment in healing jewelry and gardens for her clients. Her readings with clients include animal medicine, crystal and stone readings, numerology, astrology, and past life regression through kinesiology. And I know I have a hard time saying that word to name a few. <laughs> she delights in giving her clients guidance and counsel, calling upon her many gifts as she assists them on their path to enlightenment. Welcome, Julie. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Debbie. It's delightful to be here with you. I am. I've just been very, very impressed with um, your background in crystals, and we've had some really interesting conversations. And, um, sorry, I just had an alarm go off on my phone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, our conversations have been really, really interesting, and I, and I really wanted to bring this information to our audience. And it really is a beginning conversation because, as we've said, there is so much to explore. So this is really just a first of many different times that we believe we're going to get together and work together on this stuff, right? Yes, so absolutely. Let's, uh, yeah, let's start talking about how your how did your journey begin with crystals? Well, back in 1982, when I was married to my first husband, I was living in in Mesa, Arizona, and I was working in a job that taxed my arms and hands daily. And eventually, I threw my arm out. And as a massage therapist, if I can reach it but can't fix it. I will last ditch call a chiropractor. 
and I went thumbing through the pages and the yellow pages and the Phoenix uh, yellow pages and found a name I believe was John Mazur and it red flagged something in me being working with healing already. I called him and made an appointment and the minute that I met this man, I asked him if he had another method because I was terrified of the sound of crunching bones. And he <laughs> smiled at me <laughs> and he said, yes, I have just the thing for you and I won't crunch a single bone. And he pulled out a four-inch water clear crystal with a sloping face, which we now know is a receiver face, and laid it in the palm of my left hand which was unimpaired, that side of my body. And previously, we had done a range of motion tests to test whether or not I could pick a book up off a table that weighed about three or four pounds. With my left hand, no problem. With my right side, there was so much pain that I could not move that book a quarter of an inch off that table. So he said, okay, I see what we have to work with. And... I know now that this was through conscious direction, but I was nowhere awake at the time that he actually did this. Mm-hmm. He consciously willed that energy to come from my shoulder, down through my arm, out through the palm of my hand, into the crystal, and then turned the point around and infused it into the side of my body that was impaired. And I felt the current come down my left arm, and I also felt it go up into my right arm. Mm-hmm. And then we did the range of motion tests again. This time, I was unable to pick that book up with my left hand. And my response was, what did you do to me? You can put me back the way I was, right? Oh, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm a skeptic. I'm a Scorpio doubting Thomas. And you have to prove it to me. So I asked him if he could put me back the way I was. And he explained to me, that the crystal was a tool that was doing the work to transfer the energy and reinfuse it. So what he did to show me that he could balance these energies out is took the extra energy that he had put into the right side of my body mm-hmm. through my palm on my right hand and transferred it back to the left side. And within 20 minutes or so, of working with this man, I was completely restored. No pain, no loss of motion. And I was dumbfounded. This was 1982, and I was nowhere near awake yet. It gives me it chills. Would, it would be another 10 years before I really explored the crystal again. And that happened in Austin, Texas, when I was newly divorced and had just met a wonderful man, and we had gone to a market there in Austin and found some crystal diggers. When I reached my hand out to shake her hand in amazement of all these beautiful treasures from the earth, all the way to our shoulders. And she said, I don't know who you are, but we're definitely supposed to meet. And that became the love affair. They gave us the directions to come up here and dig for the first time. Mm -hmm. And we were able to bring home quite a few crystal treasures without even knowing what we were doing yet. So it was an amazing experience. Now, when you say here, you said you're talking about your your crystal mine. Yes, we moved to Mount Ida. Yeah, okay, Mount Ida. 
Mount Ida, Arkansas is the crystal capital of the world because it has the largest strata of clear quartz anywhere else in the world. When we came up here to dig, we both got hooked the first weekend that we were here and decided that eventually we would move up here and retire with the crystal business. Right. It happened much sooner than we thought it would. We <laughs> left within two years. Yeah. I quit a post office job and my husband was a chef. So we moved up here in 1992. We started digging and we moved up in 99. Wow. Now, this this crystal mine isn't just an ordinary crystal mine. It's, it's special. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, first of all, you talked about rock hounding with me. Recreation. Right. Tell us a little bit about rock hounding. Rock hounding, as opposed to hard rock mining, mm-hmm. is walking on a, a crystal lease or in the Forest Service here is also allowable. Um, and you're basically scratching the surface, maybe digging a foot deep. Garden tools are all you need for that. My favorites are a, a rake, a little garden rake, a trowel. Weed pullers are good, and flathead screwdrivers are the best for finding points. Wow. If you're going to open a pocket, however, you're going to need bigger tools. Mm -hmm. The difference with our mine is that we are strictly rock hounding. There is no equipment, no deep holes or pits, no sign that it's even been a mine for over 22 years now, and that's why I wanted it because I teach classes and workshops, and I teach at the mine sometimes, weather permitting. So mm-hmm. I want it to be as virgin and pristine as it can possibly be. Right. So it's really, what you had said to me is it's like, it is like the only non-commercial, is it the only non-commercial mine there? No, there's, there's okay. another rock pounding mine called Fisher Mountain, which is the very oldest lease in the county. And our lease is approximately four miles from there and down the mountain a bit. But that mountain runs all the way into the town. Gotcha. But it's um, it's all your your mind is all centered around spiritual spiritual principles. So you know, whereas when you're you're in actually a commercial mining area, is that it? Uh, The other people that are mining or. Yes, there's a lot of commercial mines here. The biggest one is in, in the Hot Springs area, the Snort. And most of the mines are, they see crystal as a cash crop. Right. And it is to a certain extent, but from us, our philosophy is Mother Earth is very much alive and these are her treasured children. Right. They need an ambassador. They cannot speak for themselves. So. 26 years ago, I volunteered to be their ambassador. And what is and so strange about that is that as I was pulling this whole thing together with, um, you know, some of the, the educational aspects that I got going on here, that was the word that came to me was ambassador. And when I met you, I basically said, I want you to be my crystal ambassador. And you were like, I am an ambassador for the crystals. I mean, I just blew my mind. It was a good fit. Yeah. So it is It is my greatest joy to be able to connect people with the crystals that can help them manifest the things in their life that they're looking for. And right. You've, um, you've often, actually, 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, often when people go to the mine, I'll I'll suggest to them that they collect a few crystals, at least nine or ten, bring them back, and I can do a very specialized crystal reading for them with the crystals that they dug themselves. Wow. That is just amazing. There's so much to talk about here, and and we're not going to talk about it until a little bit later, but... You know, when you say that, you know, you're Crystal Ambassador, you're just finishing up. You've just actually gotten delivery of your books, right? You just They're in today, as a matter of fact, two days early. Wow. And we're going to talk more about that later because that is something that is extremely interesting. Everything that we talk about is interesting. Um, but I definitely want to hit upon that because what you've done there with that first book that you – is it your first book that you've written? It is my first book. Okay. I know you a probably true labor of love. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, but before we go into that, um, I do want to ask you about, like, you were talking about how there's a real Atlantis connection there in Mount Ida. Tell me about that. Okay. Um, since 2008, on 888, a master crystal from Atlantis that was moved here before the final cataclysm through tunnels that exist underneath this whole area here, hyperdimensional tunnels that were cut by a master crystal called Tawai that resides in Bimini. It is also responsible for all the anomalies in the Bermuda Triangle. And I knew this before I ever got into crystals. It fascinated me. Right. So on 888, there was a huge conference at uh, Queen Wilhelmina State Park, which is the crown of this chakra area. The Washita's are like a chakra line of crystal energies, and Mount Ida is the heart. Okay. So, <clears throat> let's see, it was in 2008 that these awakenings began, and it was always a triple gateway day. There is another master crystal under Mount Magazine, which is about two hours north of here, and that is the Emerald Crystal of Healing, mm-hmm. and another one at Eureka Springs underneath the Christ of the Ozark statue, which is the bioplasmic crystal of communication that was awakened on 11-11-11. Okay. And so because we have all of these connections here in Mount Ida, when I mapped it out, the three master crystals, the sun disk, which resides at Pinnacle Peak, and that's outside of Little Rock, that kind of maintains a balance between all of these master crystals here in Arkansas. And then there is a um, spiritual mound called Toltec Mound that acts like a battery. So all of these are here in Arkansas for a reason. I believe that Arkansas has always been an agricultural bed for for harvesting these crystals. And we just happen to be very blessed because they've only been mineable from the surface for about a thousand years. And originally they were dug by the Native Americans quite often with antlers. They didn't use rough tools like we do, no metallic tools. Wow. That's a real experience to hunt with an antler in a pouch. Oh, my God. So it is, we have 10 acres, and because I wanted to keep it pristine, there has never been any equipment up there except to straighten out the road. 
and occasionally to turn dirt over. But predominantly, it is exposed to the elements, and every time it rains, it washes up crystal points everywhere. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sounds like heaven. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm it definitely you quit a $50,000 a year job. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can only imagine. It's like a total calling. And now you had mentioned that um, Lee Carroll and Tigerone actually, they, they were, did they go there or did they, was there some kind of ceremony or you mentioned them? Yes, actually there was. Um, on the 888, there was a gathering of Lee Carroll and some of his family and James Tipton Tiburon, who is a geologist, and has access to a lot of places on Earth that he has made discoveries like this. Mm-hmm. Um, they are now calling Arkansas Atlantis, and I attended the last conference, which was absolutely incredible. It was Atlantis Stargate 2018. And one of, one of the things themes that came across very heavily is that everyone that was attending this conference had sojourned in at least three lifetimes together. One was in Atlantis, one was in ancient Egypt, and one was during the time that Jesus walked the earth in the Essene community. And I do resonate with all three of those. So do I. I just got shells from top to bottom. Yep. Yep. So it was quite, these conferences have been going on since 2008. But this was the very first year that I felt compelled to attend. And because 2018 was an 11-year, it was even more potent. Wow. They, they held space for not just people who were on the ascension path, but also people who were working with prophecy. So both sides were represented. And it wow. was an amazing weekend. Now, this was the one... This was the one on 888, you said? That's when all of this began. Right, and that's the crystal of knowledge. That was when the crystal of knowledge came online? Yes. That's there in Mount Ida. Yes, it's underneath us. It's believed hundreds of miles. I don't know how true that is, but I've actually had a vision of that that crystal. Wow. I I was doing a workshop. This is back in 2014, so it was way after a lot of the crystals were already in line. In fact, we were in the second year of the new crystalline age because that happened on December 21st, 2012. Mm-hmm. So just like the Mayas had predicted the end of an era, it was the beginning of the new crystalline age. Okay. And so on 888, it was at Queen Wilhelmina State Park. On 999, it was at Mount Magazine, and the Emerald Crystal of sound, of Healing, the Ohm Crystal of Multidimensionality, which is underneath Mount Shasta, the Healing, the Gold Healing and Rejuvenation Crystal in Bahia, Brazil, was awakened that day, and the Sun Moon Crystal under Lake Titicaca in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. So that was all on 999. On 101010, was the Violet Crystal of Sound in Bahia, Brazil. Mm-hmm. On 11-11-11 was back here again, and it was at Eureka Springs underneath the Christ of the Ozarks is a crystal of multidimensionality that was helping to awaken the divine feminine 
and masculine aspects and unite them. This was also the year that 204 people grabbed an urn with oil in it and walked into Glastonbury Gardens for the Olympics. Oh, wow. And not many people realized that that was the same year that that crystal came online. Wow. But it it was an amazing thing to to have that take place in Glastonbury like that. I was right. dumbfounded. Yeah, we have something to talk about with Glastonbury when we get to it, which uh, kind of ties all this together. And I do want to tell you that we have got to have you back very soon uh, to talk about the nine mystery crystals of Atlantis because, you know, we had started to talk about that, and I know we could probably dig a lot deeper, dig a lot deeper, listen to me. <laughs> um, Big rabbit hole, my dear. Big I rabbit know, hole. I know, I know. So we've got, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we've got so much to talk about. Uh, when it comes to that, did you want to did you want to talk about the Glastonbury experience that you had with Kalina Melner? I would absolutely. Is it a um, good time that, to do that? Did yes. you have anything else you want? To, okay, cool. In 2015, a mutual friend of ours sent another friend, Kalina Melner, who you are acquainted with, mm-hmm. an aqua aura crystal, which is an Arkansas crystal fused with 14 karat gold to give it that aqua color, and one of our agape crystals, which are exclusive to us, which come from also from Espirito Santo, Brazil, and almost a phoenix energy to them because of what they've gone through, their rebirthing and their renaming was done at the same spring that I took Kalina to. So all of this ties in together. Okay. She was given a commission from Glastonbury having had a meditation that took her back to Avalon when she held these two stones in her hand. And she packed up her two teenage kids. And David, our mutual friend, came down to meet us all. And I took them to the springs here because it is the most sacred place that we have and water is always a conduit. That afternoon, Kalina called in 800,000 angels and 184 ascended masters according to what she relayed to us later. Mm -hmm. I was holding space for her standing in three inches of water and was still on fire. I felt like I was burning at the stake. And after 25 minutes of this, I actually apologized to Kalina saying that I'm sorry I wasn't strong enough to hold this energy. And she turned and looked at me and said, you are the only one who could have done this for me because you're the only one that knows the truth of what I'm doing here. And basically what she explained to me is that she was given a commission to connect the crystal conscious energies beneath Mount Ida with the Christ conscious energies of Avalon and Glastonbury. And from the moment that this happened, a series of events started falling into place for me here in Mount Ida. They didn't all come to fruition until 2017 and they're still on the way. But I have been sending our agape crystals, which are a combination of amethyst, smoky quartz, clear quartz, and four different minerals all over the world as a piece of my heart when I can't go to sacred sites. There are already already three in Glastonbury. And so whenever I connect with them, I see my crystals that I send, 
And I didn't realize it, that I'm basically gritting those energies back to Mount Ida, any place that I send them. So I have one in the king's uh, chamber, in the sarcophagus. I have one in the Nile. I have one in the tidal pool in Hawaii. I have one in uh, Olante Tambo in Peru. Wow. So every time friends go on sacred pilgrimages, and please, any of our listeners that would like to be a courier for this, please contact me through Debbie or through whatever we put on this site so that I can do that. Each time we do this, I even have them in a Russian basilica right now. So the intention when I send them out with people is that they place these Phoenix energies to break out of old paradigms and rise into the new earth paradigm of crystal and love. Wow. I'm getting chills all over me. <laughs> We've not talked about that before, have we? <laughs> no, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, where where can I go? <laughs> what kind of places are you being called to put them? Let's put the call out there. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't realize it, but when I did that, I was gritting a spoke like a wheel right back to Mount Ida. Absolutely. And every time I send one, those same energies will find me in the shop within a week. Really? It's amazing how quickly they manifest. Wow. So is that anything having to do with, like, ley lines, or how do they travel? I mean, I think ley lines, when I think of energy traveling between crystals or between points, I mean, what does this have to do with the ley lines? I mean, anything? Well, the Jesus Mary ley lines are in Glastonbury. Right. And we have a vortex of ley lines throughout Arkansas. So the way that I picture it is like the Egyptian Aten, okay? When they, in the time period of Amarna, where they focused more of the art on families and and the beauty, they would show a disc of the sun with rays coming down, and they call it Aten, or Aten, like Akhenaten. Mm -hmm. And it means that you're blessed by the rays of God. Right. Okay, so that's kind of the way that I see this crystalline grid. It is connected with the Christ conscious grid like an overlap, like an overlay. Mm-hmm. And I live here in a buckle of a Bible belt, and most people do not understand the concept of a crystal. I have in my caretaking a crystal cross that has been my inspiration and muse since probably 2000. And I've I can still it. count the people on my one hand that have seen that crystal in Mount Ida. Wow. They, t- they tend to fear what they don't understand. Oh, they don't and, want to see it, you mean? Well, they think I'm just another rock shop. <laughs> Nothing could be further yeah. from the truth because right. my husband is a brilliant jeweler who creates my metaphysical jewelry that I use in, in my work. Right. And he's also our our chief digger. And right. so he he brings home a lot of our virgin crystal, untouched by other human hands or backhoes or anything. Wow. And this makes them, I think they have a really high vibration. I've had friends call me and tell me I had to move your crystals because they were keeping me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, and some one. crystals it's... resonate higher anyway. Right. Like a singer crystal will shards resonate higher. 
Right. So. Wow. So that connection is very strong now, Debbie. Yeah. I guess so. Now, does the crystal, I got a crystal, didn't I? I got an aqua aura. Now, that aqua aura, did that come from Arkansas or was it from somewhere else? It comes from Arkansas. And the blade oh. or the crystal that is in your sword uh-huh. is, I believe it's a channeling crystal, if I remember right. Right. Yeah. So I that saw, go ahead. When you work with it, you can use it to literally cut away anything that does not suit you on your path to enlightenment. As a <laughs> as a crystal wand like that, right. and one of the finest that we had, we sent our finest collection to be treated with this gold. And normally I wouldn't do that, but wow. gold is a master healer. Wow! And so when you combine the gold with the crystal, you amplify the gold properties, and the gold amplifies the crystal properties. Wow! Well, it's interesting that you should say that. I did. You know, I was having a hard time sleeping. Maybe I need to move that crystal. I keep it, like, when I, I, I have it as a necklace. And I uh-huh. take it off every night because I, I don't think I could sleep with it. I'd probably get stabbed with it. <laughs> so, anyways. You could. <laughs> I move it off to another place, but I'm obviously I'm not moving as far enough away. Maybe I need to move it in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. The aqua auras carry a great deal of the Christ consciousness because of the gold infusion. Right. And so they, if you keep them too close sometimes, they tend to remind you of all of the difficulties that we experienced in our, our growing up in the church. Right. And I was raised Catholic. So I keep, As many were. I keep the truth close to my heart mm-hmm. and try to relay it not just one day on Sunday, but every day. Mm-hmm. I tend to be more of a witness when people come to visit at the shop than anything else because <laughs> these crystals are God sent. There is no way that they could come from anybody else but God. Right. No I, I way. totally agree with that. And I'm telling you, I cannot wait to get up there. I am making a trip. <laughs> Definitely. I, I mean, can't wait to host you. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to host you and share what we have built here and show you the the magic of this area because of all the places that I've ever been in my life, I have never felt better than I do when I'm here and it's because the crystal amplifies all your good energies. But right. make no mistake, crystal amplifies all energies. So right. a lot of people come here for healing as well. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect place to lie down on Mother Earth and give her back all of your troubles and all of your cares, and the crystals are the bonus in the process. Mm-hmm. Well, I was uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about, you know, making a trip there, and then I just got this vision in my mind. I don't know if you know, but when I went to Banff, when we did that Twin Flame conference in Banff, uh-huh. I actually did a documentary that I shot myself and narrated myself and I'm almost thinking I want to do a documentary up there. Has anyone ever done one? I'd be thrilled. Oh. I do have one YouTube video out there that was taken at the Springs. Uh-huh. And it says Julie Kincaid at Collier Springs, I believe. And it was done by a friend of mine who does a right. lot of documentaries. Right. But it's the only thing that, that I actually have that's visible of the area. Right. I'm going to start taking more videos and posting them on my new business page. 
good. So that I can make people aware of what they actually can can find here. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about, you know, maybe in the future doing um, some kind of workshop there and physical, you know, and and bringing people there um, to experience firsthand some of this. Uh, I'm I'm still looking forward to diving into, like, the pool of knowledge that you have about, you know, (laughs) like, connecting with crystals because you basically – you basically communicate with them, right? I mean, they tell me how that works. Well, for me, I would have to say that my gift is I can look at a crystal, see how it's formed, and see it as if it were a human life. Wow. So when I read it, and nine out of ten times when I read a crystal, it's because it has drawn the person for like-minded energies. They have this uncanny ability to attract you when they have something to compliment you with. Right. So when I read a crystal for a person, and nothing leaves my shop without a reading if it's a crystal. Mm -hmm. So that way the person that is drawn to it understands why. Same thing when when I post online. All of our crystals, all of our stones, have metaphysical properties listed because they best demonstrate who can benefit from them. Right. And so I will continue to to put these amazing treasures out online. Mm -hmm. I am their ambassador and their home finder. As far as I'm concerned, they're all orphans until I find homes for them. (laughs) Well, I found one online. We were talking one day and I was looking at, at your um at your store and I just I saw one and the one that I ended up getting actually had the star sapphire on it and as I was looking I was like oh my god that was a very special significance to me because when I was 18 years old or no I'm sorry it was 16 on on Christmas Eve and we had this huge huge snow and of course Christmas at as a kid when you have snow at Christmas it's like oh my gosh the Christmas spirit just flies through it did me anyways and then my parents on Christmas Eve gave me this beautiful ring which I still have um of a star sapphire and my last name my maiden name is Sapphire so sapphire is kind of like special to me and uh, when I saw that aqua aura sword of all things with that and I was like oh that's calling me so yeah I do think that um, those of us who are really starting to get into crystals, we, we make these, you know, pilgrimages to these stores that have these beautiful crystals, and we find ourselves like, okay, where's my next friend? You know, like, <laughs> I'm, holding my, I'm holding one of my friends right now. They do. They really become like your companions. Very and that's exactly how I've written them up forever. From the very beginning, they were my friends and my companions. Wow. You hit you hit something here, Debbie, that most people don't understand. Uh-huh. And crystals are alive in a dimension that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. According to one of my greatest teachers, who is Venerable Diani Wahoo, mm-hmm. she is 27th generation Kitawa Cherokee wisdom keeper. Okay. And in her book, Voices of Our Ancestors, was the first place I ever saw this. She states that Crystals are neither liquid nor solid, but they vibrate at 786,000 
pulses per millisecond. Wow. And if you can't wrap your head around that, try <laughs> thinking of trapping the speed of light seven times over in a tiny little crystal. That's unbelievable. And they, they seem to take on a, a mass, you know, a form and all that, but so does everything else around us. But it's the energy signatures is what you're really talking about, right? Like exactly. Have, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. in the Native American tradition, which is the spiritual side of these crystals that I have had a passion for for at least 25 years now, mm-hmm. they believe that crystals have gender. When they are water clear and pyramid shaped, they are male. When they are milky and slope faced, they are female. And quite often, a crystal will start out as a male and heal into a female. Do you think they know something that we don't? Wow. Wow. Depending on the size. Well, I was going to say, you're talking about crystals that, like, you're talking about, like, actual crystals, like, not the polished stones and all that. Because I have a lot of those, so I look around me and I see a lot that are shaped and formed and stuff like that. You're talking Mm -hmm. about the actual pieces of crystal that are not, like, messed with. Yes. Even a a tiny little point the size of a number two pencil Mm -hmm. will double terminate in less than a year's time. What does that mean, double terminate? It means that when it breaks away from the cluster family that it has been upon, it will start to seek a state of perfection with this heavy vibration going on inside. It doesn't take long. The smaller the diameter, the faster it works. So a number two pencil lead can happen within six months. Not all crystals do it. They seem to respond most to the people that respond with them. Okay. But I first I first learned this 25 years ago when I pulled aside about 50 pieces, a half an inch long, and about the size of a number two pencil lead. Right. And I was going to cap them to make earrings out of them. And I put them in a matchbox and a box and a box in my garage and okay. forgot about them. Uh-huh. Nine months later, I went back to get them to cap them to make them into earrings, and uh-huh. half of them have double terminated. I can no longer justify gluing a cap on a perfect point. So when you're talking about double terminated, you're meaning the other side got a point? Yes. They break away and they heal themselves into another termination. They seek a state of perfection. Oh, my gosh. So let me ask you this then. Some of these crystals that I might have, like they're not actually physically cut. They're actually... I'm just confused. <laughs> no, this if is they're alarming. natural, if they're cut, they will not do that. Okay. But if they're right. natural and they have okay. broken away, they do not need love, light, dirt, anything to do this. It is simply their agenda. It is their spiritual DNA. Wow. That is crazy if you think about it. I mean, it's literally, it it's literally changing form. It is. It, wow. Crystals are igneous, which means they're formed in the actual volcanic eruptions and things. The way mm-hmm. our crystals were formed here, the most accepted theory and the one that I published in my book, 
is that they were 250 million years ago, there were hot thermal pockets that forced water up and leached silicon dioxide out of the sandstone base that they were in. This right. was in Oklahoma. Okay. okay. So the beginning of the Washita's is actually the Broken Bow area. Okay. And it runs 175 miles east and west all the way to Little Rock. It is one of the only mountain ranges that I am aware of in this country that only goes east and west. It mm-hmm. never veers north or south. Okay. And the range, if you were looking at it like a diagonal across the TV, is about 80 miles. And what okay. I've discovered is you do not find this abundance of crystal outside of Arkansas because of the strata that came through here. There's just a because small of the place what? in Oklahoma. Second. Because of the what? Because of the, the silicon dioxide in, in the strata here. Okay. And in part, just the, the western, I'm sorry, the eastern coast of Oklahoma. Okay. That borderline runs right across into Arkansas. And crystals vary no matter where you are, they're going to be different. Sometimes they're small and really refined, and they usually have a sandstone base. Mm-hmm. If they're larger, they tend to be more milky because they trap air and water and cool very quickly, causing mm-hmm. that milkiness. Okay. Generally speaking, on the surface, they're tiny shinies, and the deeper you dig, the bigger they can get. Okay. If you are fortunate enough to open a pocket, then you deserve every piece that you can deliver. It is a birth. And no birth is easy, but taking rock from rock is probably one of the most difficult things you'll ever do unless you have a baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I'm sure it might even be harder than having a baby, right? It's going to take a lot longer, probably. (laughs) It's harder working the rock. And while we're on that subject, um, I was doing a workshop with four women in Houston one time, and they asked me to show them how to open a pocket. So I took all my tools up there, and we broke into a little pocket, and I divvied up the crystals that we did. But for me, what happened is because I was working the matrix of the rock, that night I had a vision. And in the vision, I was lying on the surface, of a very large mound of crystal. Okay. One face of this crystal encompassed my whole body, and I'm five foot two. Okay. As I was lying on my side, I was brushing away topsoil, not the red clay that usually forms around these crystals. Mm-hmm. And as I did so, circles and squares and rectangles and octagons and hexagons were appearing on the surface like somebody took a needle and scratched them in. Okay. And as I watched, they started to rise out of the surface of this crystal, engulfing my body so that I had to turn over on my back. And as I did, I saw a perfect V-split crystal, which is a twin flame. Okay. In this case, it acted more like a twin ray, two exact parts of the same crystal. And I watched as it slowly pulled itself together and made one solid generator crystal with a perfect pyramid point on top. And the, the message came through loud and clear, Debbie. It was that we are all twin flame energies as we connect with each other. How far we take it, 
how far we delve into the the mysteries of working and becoming as one with each other is what defines us twin rain, twin flame, or twin soul. And this crystal demonstrated a twin ray crystal when it pulled itself back into a perfect generator point. I don't get these very often, and most of the time I do have a vision is when I've been working with the matrix and opening a pocket. Right. So it's it's like you're tapping into a library of of information that has been kept all these years. Now, I want to ask you this. Before you had that vision, did you know about twin flames? Were you studying twin flames? Were you thinking about twin flames? What what do you or do you feel that that just was like a what do you want to say, a revelation? It was a revelation, but I had already been working with these crystals for 25 years when this happened. Okay. And I just, I can see the distinctions in the twins, the twin crystals that they're out there. There's a soulmate twin, which are two crystals that ride side by side. Their separation is already all the way to their base, and they're almost identical. They're quite okay. rare. A twin flame crystal is either a V like I described to you, or two twins side by side that are not of equal length. Okay. And a twin ray is an exact duplicate. We do have one crystal called a Japan Law Crystal that is a tabby that cleaves at 87 degrees. So it's not an overlay of a twin. It is an exact duplication of the other piece, cleaves at that pot. They're one in a billion, Debbie. So they're so not tell in me, my book. Say that again because <laughs> I was going to say, say that again because it was a little bit fuzzy. You said that there, you you know of two that are like this or you've seen one or this was your vision? I have, I have found four different types of twins among these crystals. Right. Coming out of the post office, you know I'm going to sort. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. <laughs> so there, three of them are in my book. But the Japan Law Twin is so rare that I wanted the crystals that were in my book to be readily available so that people could study with the ones that they were digging. Gotcha. Okay. So this one that you're talking about is the one you saw in your vision, and they're just so rare that you just even didn't even put it in your book. Yes. It, what I saw was if you were to equate it to a human condition, it would be a two Siamese twins connected at the hip. Okay, you see how I see things in their their human form? Yeah, I do. Each time I look at a crystal, I can almost see a personality. Right. Wow. That is just amazing. I I want to, before, because we are, you know, moving along in time, um, I want you to talk about your book that you've just written that is basically, um, gosh, available now. Which when we were getting ready to do this, we weren't really, I wasn't even thinking about it being available. But It will be available for purchase on Wednesday. Okay. Um, Crystal Messengers. Just tell me about about the book that you wrote. Well, they gave me the name, of course. Mm -hmm. And I bought that .com 15 years ago, not knowing what I was going to do with it. In the last three years, after doing 25 years of medicine card readings, 
it occurred to me that I can replace the animals aligned with each of the sacred directions of the medicine world teachings with my crystals. The hardest part of this book was to find 44 crystals that were fairly readily available and align them with the energies of each of the directions. Right. So the, the crystal of the east, they're going to have something to do with spiritual enlightenment, the challenges that we meet on our path, tapping into the ethers. So for those crystals in that direction, I chose windows and doors and transmission crystals and a channeling crystal and things of that nature. So each direction prompted me to get six crystals each mm-hmm. for that direction, giving me a total of 42. And then I chose one crystal each to represent the divine masculine and feminine. And I created a set of 44 reading crystals. Before I ever started the book, I was reading these crystals with people here in our shop for three years. Wow. Then I kept hearing, write what you know. Write what you know. So I Say that again because it went out a little bit. It, they kept saying what? Write what you know. Oh, write what you know. Gotcha. So I know the crystals and I know the medicine world teachings fairly well. So not being Native American in this lifetime, there is a special passion that I've had since the age of nine. Right. And that's also the time that I woke up to crystals when I first read The Crystal Case by Mary Stewart and learned all about Merlin's beginnings. I was hooked. Right. So I know that, that the crystal energies come through that Merlinian lineage. And that's why the potency with Glastonbury as well. Right. I, and we know, I don't know if, have you ever been there, Debbie, to Glastonbury? No, but I... That is one of the things that I'm really hoping to get to do in 2019. I really want to take a trip to Europe. There's a couple places mm. I want to go, and that's one of them. Please let me know, because I would like to accompany you. <laughs> wow, then maybe we will. Maybe we'll have to get that going. Gosh, maybe we'll, we're birthing something right here in this moment. There's so many. That's what I love about this exploration, and that's what kind of prompted me to create the podcast series, um, The Collective Awakening, because there's so many interesting conversations to be had about all these mystical and um, metaphysical and spiritual subjects. You know, each one of us that, uh, each one of us that has the, um, you know, the, been tasked with light work or we've come here to earth either to be here as way showers as people wake up or to, you know, go through the awakening ourselves again to remember what we have mm-hmm. forgotten. Um, all of us, no matter what our area of specialty is, we can't know everything and we can't, we can't always delve into everything, right? So, Right. You know, that was one of the reasons why this whole um, series came about, and then the extension of that is going to be the um, the Awakening Toolbox, which is almost like an academy teaching people the, about themselves and, and how they relate to all of these, these um, physical representations of the spiritual realm and reality around us. Um, when all this came up, crystals was the first thing on my mind because – I love crystals. I don't know enough about them. I know I can. I know enough so that when I pick one up and I hold one in my hand, I know if it's if it's mine. And mm-hmm. 
and I find myself, you know, sorting through. But, you know, there's so much to, so many questions that I have, and that's why I want to be able to continue this conversation. And um, I really do think that, you know, you and I, we have work to do together um, when it comes to creating, like, workshops for people that they can, I'm thinking online workshops, that they can learn about some of this stuff and have their questions answered um, and, and help awaken in them what crystals might mean to them in their path. So the first start, it, what a great place to start, and I cannot believe the timing of everything. I should be not shocked at this point. The timing, <laughs> the way everything works together in such concert, that your book just got delivered here. You know, we're It will be this afternoon. Well, isn't that interesting? Because I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm not an infomercial station, <laughs> you know. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm really here to bring knowledge and to connect people who are interested in knowledge of certain kinds with the ambassadors, if you will, of that information. But just the fact that we talked and that right at the time where you have this incredible piece of information coming out, that is so rare and so different than what anyone else has done, um, I think that we will set up some form of a link so that they can, if they're interested in, look at that book. Because I, I, you know, I'm not, this isn't something I'm doing regularly on my show and anyone that's listened to any of my shows are not going to say, yeah, there's been nothing like this before. But as we're talking, it just makes perfect sense. For we to, for us to make crystal messengers available, so so we'll figure out how to do that between the two of us. Um, the other thing is is I definitely want to set the stage to have a, a talk about the nine mystery crystals. Um, I would like to, if you'll be so kind as to you know meet back with me very soon on that. Let's uh, let's have an episode on that. Does that sound like it would be you my honor? Yay! Yes. Well, yes. I. Um, I was going to say, is there anything else that you wanted to just sort of say before we wrap up about, you know, anything that, any message that you have for people that you'd like to uh, impart before we wrap things up? Yes. Um, through the work that quite a few of lightworkers that I have known, including Kalina, have done to raise the vibration of Mother Earth, I highly recommend everyone gets back to nature. And if you can, go and dig in the earth and see what treasures it has or take a walk, find feathers, find stones. We are all related because everything is energy. And if if you happen to be anywhere near any place that has stones or crystals or available for digging, go and entertain the child within you. That's what I need to do. I yes. definitely need to do that. And I am going to make a plan that I am going to get to Arkansas because I've got to get to the mine and find out. You know, I was thinking that there was something that you did tell me um, about the mine. Before we, we wrap up, tell me about Sasquatch. How do you say that? Sasquatch? I can't hear what you're saying. Oh, Saskatchewan? You were, oh, you were oh saying, the Sasquatch. Oh, yeah, Sasquatch. Yes. There you go. Yeah, tell me, um, tell everybody about that. Arkansas happens to be a very fun place for people to come and hunt Sasquatch. And there's quite a few places in Texas that actually sponsor groups up here. And back in 2000, when I was working for another mine and learning the ropes of how to be a real miner, 
I had an experience. I found a broken off tree trunk about five feet tall mm-hmm. whose the rest of the trunk was, oh, about 30 feet away up in the branches of that tree seven feet high, creating a bridge. Now, that looked pretty natural to me, so it didn't really surprise me that much. Mm-hmm. But when I got out to investigate, there was a sapling behind it that had been pulled down, maybe two, three inches thick, mm-hmm. pulled down, and its top branches were rerooted in the ground behind this bridge. Okay. And one, one of my teachers was a Lakota Cherokee medicine woman mm-hmm. who was born with a cowl over her eyes. So she was a very gifted prophet and healer. Right. And she came to visit me one day, and I took her up to that mine, and we were jawing away, having a good old time catching up, and all of a sudden she goes, stop the truck. And we were right next to that spot. Right. And she explained to me that when she was a little girl, she had four big, fat, mean, ugly brothers, and they were always beating on her, so she played a lot by herself. Mm-hmm. And she was in Montana visiting her grandfather and was out in the woods playing and came upon a field and heard a gunshot and was t- told by everybody in her family, if you hear that, lay down on the ground, you know. Mm-hmm. As a seven-year-old, she witnessed the picking up of a baby Sasquatch carried back through a doorway like this and crawled on her hands and knees to follow them and witnessed in another dimension the funeral of this baby Sasquatch. And she related this story to me, and the whole time we thought we had eyes on us. I couldn't see or feel them, but Deb stares in the spirit and sees everything coming back at her. Right. So at the time, there was someone in the mind that was, working with the miner that owned the mine, and traditionally you split if you're working in someone else's mine what's done at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But we caught him burying newspaper-wrapped crystals in the mine. Okay. And so Deb said, pick up a rock, attach that there will be no negative energies wherever this rock falls, Decree it so, throw the rock up into the air and where it lands, there won't be any negative energies. Uh-huh. It, it landed right at the base of his truck. And within five minutes, he backed over a 300-pound boulder, messed up his truck big time, and I never saw him up in that mine again. Wow. So she's oh. pretty potent. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but wow. Then in 2009, when we purchased our mine, some friends came in from Missouri, and the couple dug together, but the one that they brought with them to introduce her to the crystals dug by herself. Mm-hmm. And she kept smelling all these foul aromas around her. Mm-hmm. And every time she moved, it would follow her. So when she got back to the shop and she relayed this to me, I said, I think you have a secret admirer. Because where Sasquatch are concerned, you will smell them before you ever see them. And they smell like 50 dogs rolling around in a wet dog pile. Oh, wow. So we have had reports of Sasquatch. We have had reports. That's not the only one. So if you meditate... Maybe we have to have a show about it. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't really know that much. I don't really know that much about them, except that they are protectors of nature. 
They are wow. in a different dimension, but they can come through. Right. Oh, okay. So they're another dimension, and then they're spotted as they might, like, lower their vibrations just enough to be seen. Exactly. Get it. Oh, my gosh. They're like the gnomes and the fairies and the... Oh. Yes, they are, and they're friends. <laughs> yeah. well, that's we a honor great those spot. things. Yeah. We honor those things in our mind, Debbie, and I actually found a portal that was a muscadine vine of a circle, but it was not connected at the base. Right. So when I got to it, I wet my fingers, as I had seen done before, to combine my spiritual DNA with that of the, this portal, and I connected right. it. And I immediately heard, thank you, please build me a home. Oh. Well, right next to it was a hole. Right. the earth where a bunch of tailings, crystal dirt had been dumped in mm-hmm. past years, and it was a triangular shape. Mm-hmm. They gave me a triangular doorway to work with. Wow. It took me about two and a half hours to gather all the materials because we just had a controlled burn in the mine, and I couldn't find any wood that wasn't charred. Yeah. So I built the home. I placed three crystals in it to thank whatever it was that led me to this spot. And when I went back two weeks later, they had disappeared. No tracks, no nothing. Wow. But they come to me in spirit sometime because on right. 11, 11, 11, I had a big workshop up there to honor the awakening of the multidimensional, I'm sorry, the bioplasmic crystal of, of um, divine feminine and masculine energies. Right. But we were in our mind, we had a Cherokee pipe ceremony and I obtained special permission to build a fire. Mm-hmm. The next day, I was supposed to take it down, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. And the gnome started peering and said, you know what to do, get rid of the evidence. So right. all the charcoal came out of the fire scar, and I laid a sacred spiral glyph. The outside circle represents all of our relations, and everyone adds their special sentinel rock to welcome them back before they come back to the mine. And that outer circle has quadrupled in five years. That's what you were saying about that, that there's a, there's a place where that's the one place that you have, that you have put, right, a collection, like you, it's grown and it, and it is, it's something you created. Yes. Right. And it's the only place that I ask people don't take anything from in the mind. There's right. 10 acres. Right. But leave a piece of yourself behind to welcome you when you come back. Well, and I'm going to do that when I come there. I'm going to wrap this up now. Today we have had the pleasure of having our crystal ambassador with us. Thank you so much, Julie, for joining me today on the Collective Awakening. This week's Collective Awakening has been brought to you by the RVF Radio Network in conjunction with True Sacred Union's The Awakening Toolbox. Please subscribe on Blog Talk Radio if you'd like notifications of future shows. You can also contact me, Debbie Dubois, through True Sacred Union and the Awakening Toolbox on um, Facebook if you have any questions for me or for my guest, Julie. And check out our Facebook page if you want to know our upcoming programming. I stream this broadcast weekly on Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time so that those of you on the West Coast of the U.S. and those of you in Europe can listen live. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the Collective Awakening. Until the next broadcast, 
Namaste.